We got the first game under our belt. We know what we've seen on the field. We know what they're like in live action. Today, I'm talking to head coach Justin Wilcox. I will give you a position-by-position breakdown. We will analyze Cal's first game versus UC Davis coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insiders podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame quarterback for the University of California, Berkeley. Today, we are going to review the UC Davis game. Just this past weekend, a lot of interest in what this Cal team was going to look like. Only three returning starters on offense. New faces all across the board. Transfers coming in. uh, High-level recruits coming in. And so, nobody was really sure, including the coaches, I think, exactly what kind of team we were going to see on the field on Saturday. And so early on, as part of the radio broadcast, we were talking down and breaking down teams and talking about what we expected to see. And I wasn't exactly sure. I knew that we had talent across the board. But how many times you hear about teams where you have potential and talent and tools and they never quite reach them. So game one, we have an idea of what we're going to be looking at for a a product this year on the field for the Bears. And like we thought early on, I thought the receivers group was pretty talented. They've got some speed. They've got some skills. Uh, they can run some routes. They can get open. They can do some things in the air. So we saw some good things. I'll talk about that in a little bit. I thought uh, new recruits, Jay Knott, looked fantastic. We'll talk about him in a little bit. We've got uh, linebacking core. Looked pretty solid overall. There was one huge breakdown. I will break it down with Coach, and then I will show you film of it later on. Um, and then a new quarterback in Jack Plummer. And so we'll talk about him as well. But I think overall, if we look at the whole picture, we have a better sense of what we're going to see out of this Cal team this year. We by no means have an idea of what this finished product is going to be like. But you can see the guys that you thought would have talent, would have potential, and they are showing up on the field. And so a couple of those guys, let's start at the quarterback position. Jack Plummer, huge transfer out of Purdue, came in this year, obviously replacing four-year starter in Chase Garbers. And a lot of high hopes pinned on that quarterback position. Obviously, I'm biased, but there is a great tradition of quarterbacks at Cal. Going back to Joe Cap and Steve Bartkowski and Joe Roth and Rich Campbell, Troy Taylor. I mean, we can go down the list of guys uh, all the way through Aaron Rodgers, of course, Jared Goff, of course. Um, and so, you know, coming into the system as a quarterback, uh, you've got to be up to par, especially for those of us that played the position. And so... Jack Plummer had all the tools. I talked about it in spring. I talked about him in fall camp in our offensive preview. If you haven't seen it, it's also here on the channel. But we, he has all the tools to make the NFL throws. He, he has every throw. He can throw from different slots. Uh, he has nice footwork. I said it several times on radio broadcast this weekend. He has, he's sneaky athletic as well. So for a guy that's six foot five, he also moves very well. Had a nice little hand down in the game. Uh, hand down and spin where he, he picked up a first down. And so he is athletic enough that he will remain a passer first and throw the ball if at all possible, but then can get out of trouble and can move the sticks with his legs if he needs to. In terms of throwing the ball, first quarter was a little rough. There was one blitz pressure, which we will look at, um, that didn't get picked up. And I'm pretty sure that's on the quarterback. Pretty sure that was on Jack. You have to see it. You have to throw the ball hot. You have to get it out of your hands. Um, And so that was some of that early rust. When you come in, you know, everybody talks about the quarterback who's totally ice and totally cool, and that's fine. But 
every quarterback who plays the game has nerves beforehand. It's what makes the, the position so great. It's what makes the game so great is that you have those nerves. You have kind of that intensity, little angst, little tension in your body um, and as, you go in, as you're going into battle. And that's what, as a quarterback, you need to learn to master. And so early on, Jack Plummer had a lot to prove. He, you know, he's the transfer guy. He's the big name. He's the new quarterback. He's trying to lead his new team. And so there was some of that on his shoulders. That first quarter was about as rough as it can be. Minus one yard at the end of the first quarter of total offense. And he had an interception. And it was an interception that wasn't 100% his fault, but it was a bad ball that he threw to Jeremiah Hunter on the backside who ended up coughing it up, and then it got picked off. And so uh, he was largely to blame for that one. He came back and rebounded from that, stayed the ship, and started to perform. There's a play I will show you later on, and I'll talk to Coach about this as well, where I could see him as a quarterback go, okay, this is it. Now it's time to perform under pressure, where he stepped up and avoided pressure and then still remained a passer and a very poised passer at that. And so I'll show you that film in just a little bit. Um, but that's where I said, okay, this guy can operate. This, he's an operator in the pocket. I love the way he's working. I love the fact that he's got that composure. And so I think overall, you know, Jack Plummer, 25 of, I think, 36 on the game, about 66, 67% passing, 240-something yards, three touchdowns. So good day to kick off that one interception, obviously on the day, early in the first quarter. And if you take it that most of those – completions and, mo and almost all of those yards because we were minus one at the, at the first quarter uh, were in three quarters of football. It's a good day. And so Jack Plummer, I thought it was a good de debut for him. I thought it was great to see him shake off adversity first thing in his first start at Cal. And so I think very promising in terms of what the future holds for him. That receiver position, we knew we had talent. We knew the Bears had speed. We knew that there were guys that could flat out get it done out there. We just needed to see it happen in live games. I think Jeremiah Hunter obviously proved last year, 26 catches, uh, that he could play the position at this level. Now I think he's ready to take that next step at this level. I think he's ready to become the guy, the go-to guy on offense. And so incredibly talented, great ball skills, great proprioceptive awareness, uh, a guy that has some tools who can play the position. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic for the Bears, and I think he and Plummer are quickly uh, going to become fairly well acquainted. I think the other guy who showed up, they were trying to get shots to, uh, J. Mike uh, Sturdivant, who has, he can also flat out roll at that receiver position. And so they tried to hit him with a big double post over the top on the second play of the game. Uh, Plummer just missed it, one of those early nerve things as well. Um, but they got him some, some catches, some receptions. They targeted him. And there was one play in particular on the sideline where he actually went up and snatched the ball out of the Davis players, the corners' hands, and pulled it away. And I told Jack Plummer when I talked to him after the game, he needs to go give him a big hug uh, for making that play because that was huge. That was an interception waiting to happen, um, and Sturdivant pulled it away. And so fantastic play by him. I think some other guys, Mason Magnum, got a couple targets. I think the tight ends, Collect Latu, got a couple targets. Uh, Tommy Christakos made a huge catch. Uh, on a low seam ball down the middle of the field uh, for, a, I believe it was for a first down, but a huge catch that moved the chains for the Bears. And so some guys really participated, 11 receivers overall, catch, caught passes in this game. And so that's huge because they've got a lot of targets. You've got to spread the ball. And I think in this day and age, too, with the transfer portal and everything else that's out there, 
you want to keep as many guys activated in the offense, getting love, getting balls, getting targets uh, to keep them in your program. You're always recruiting your own guys these days because the transfer portal makes free agency in the NFL uh, look like it's very strict. Like guys can transfer at any time. And so it's uh, you want to keep these guys involved in the game. So that said, 11 targets or 11 different receivers caught passes. Uh, that is spreading the wealth right there. Running back position, I think Jay Knott emerged as a guy who is going to eventually be a star at that spot. Just a freshman, ran great between the tackles. All of fall camp, I had heard about how this guy's going to be great when you get him in space. And so I'm thinking of the Gary Anderson type that you get outside, you throw passes to, you throw screens to. And then he gets in the game and he is running power and inside zone, outside zone, kind of all the standard tailback plays. And I thought he did a fantastic job. You saw that this guy's got some real potential to be a pretty big play running back. And so it was really good to see that as well. Tight ends, I thought for game one, as much as we use them, kind of lived up to their billing, big physical bodies, got three guys on the field. I think we actually got catches from three different guys. I'll have to check the stats on that. But I thought they lived up to their billing. I thought they did a nice job in this game as well. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, the one piece to me um, that needs to improve and it needs to improve in a hurry is the offensive line. I will talk to Coach Wilcox about that coming up as well. But those big guys, that is the heart and soul of the team. That is where you win and lose games. That is where your consistency comes from. That is where you set the tone for the team is on that offensive line. And so those guys against the UC Davis team, and again, I will say this, no disrespect to the Aggies, but these guys, they play in the Big Sky Conference. And so they shouldn't be as big as fast. They shouldn't have as much fast twitch um, as guys playing in the Pac-12. And so I just needed to see a better performance out of the offensive line than I saw. And so those guys need to pick it up going into game two. UNLV will be quicker, faster, bigger, taller. Uh, they'll be all those things that an FBS program brings to the table uh, that an FCS school does not. And so um, we'll have to see. Jury is out on that offensive line right now. A couple of guys played real well. I thought Matt Sindrich played really well uh, at that center position. I thought there were flashes at times uh, at the tackle position. But those guys off the edge uh, were getting beat. And the hoop, they call it running the hoop, and those defensive ends kind of run the edge. And I thought that got very tight. And I thought Jack Plummer – Climbing the pocket, escaping to get out of the way, helped them out a ton at times. And so I would like to see those edges be a little wider. I would like to see them give a little better dish for Plummer to operate from. Uh, and then I would like coordination because one of the sacks was on Jack, I believe, should have thrown the hop. One of the sacks was a communication issue um, when was some blocking needed to get a little wider in terms of the pressure. And so I think that uh, getting that figured out, that's what game one is all about, knocks in the rust off and then get back to work and get better. So I expect improvement out of that offensive line, but the Bears are going to need to see improvement out of that offensive line as they go forward into UNLV, and then it's Notre Dame coming up. So got to see a lot of improvement in a big hurry for the O-line. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. I thought, obviously, preseason, the biggest loss on that defensive side of the ball was Brett Johnson, probably arguably the best player on the Bears football team. Uh, fantastic player inside, is a game changer because – he would be the guy that would eat up double teams. He'd be the guy that would have to focus on, which would clean up the one-on-ones. And so that's what you're looking for is to get those one-on-ones that you then have to win. And so losing him is a huge 
difference maker for that defense. But a couple of young guys stepped up on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, defensive line was not great by any means. I think it's another place that they can pick up the game. They can get better. Again, going against an FCS UC Davis uh, offensive line, that there could have been more pressures, more sacks, could have been um, better control of that line of scrimmage than there was. And so we'll see. Got to improve there. Got to pick it up. Got to get better. Linebacker position kind of is what I thought it was coming into it. Femi Oladejo started. Um, you had Jackson Sermon in there as well. You had Nate Ricina coming in there. We saw Blake Anzalatis. And so a lot of very good football players at that position, guys who can roll and play uh, and get things done out there. So I thought the linebacker position uh, was solid during this game. I don't think it was exceptional or outstanding by any means, um, but I thought it was solid, solid enough uh, to get the job done on Saturday. Outside linebacker didn't make a lot of noise in this game. I don't remember on the radio broadcast even mentioning any of the outside linebackers, um, which sometimes can be a fantastic thing. And so as I go back and look at film, I will let you know because we're going to look at a UNLV preview coming up uh, here shortly as well. Uh, so that outside linebacker position, I think when you get so used to having a guy like Cam Good out there who is a phenomenal football player and you don't have that one guy anymore like that who can dominate both in run defense and as a pass rusher, um, you know, it drops off. It has to drop off at that position because he was just such a good player. And so those guys also, a lot of new bodies on that side, trying to come into it, trying to get better. Um, and so I, there will be some flashes and there will be some setbacks, but they will have to get better as the year goes along as well. I think the secondary played pretty well, and I evidenced by two interceptions on the day. Uh, Daniel Scott, who is a guy coming in, I thought would be a leader, a guy who I thought would be one of the highest performers on that defense, showed up again, very instinctive player, uh, good leadership on the field, so I thought he had a fantastic game as well. And then a, from that corner position, Lamaji Hearns uh, was in position, was making plays, was very good. Isaiah Young early in the game at that other corner, the field corner position, uh, I thought had a very good game. They tried to come after him early. I thought he made some plays, uh, did a really good job out there. Colin Gamble at that nickel position was very good as well. And so I thought he played a very pivotal position in that nickel. This is a guy that has to be on his game all the time. There's a ton of nickel these days in college football. And so if Colin Gamble's not playing well, if that nickel position isn't playing well, then you're going to be in trouble. And so I thought Colin Gamble played extremely well at that nickel position. Um, I don't remember any blown assignments off the top of my head. Again, I will review the film this week coming up. But uh, I thought he played well. He showed up a couple times making big plays. Two guys that I really want to single out, two guys that got the interceptions, Craig Woodson. Uh, probably should have had two interceptions on the day. He dropped the first one uh, playing that safety position, reading inside out, playing hook to curl, got underneath a curl throw uh, and dropped the first one and probably would have been a house call on that one too. The second time he got an opportunity, he was not going to let it pass. First time was to his left, second time going to the right on that west uh, sideline heading from north to south. And uh, he got the call a second time and took it to the hut. So that was good to see. Uh, his speed, by the way, on that return was, was pretty evident, just running away from everybody out there. So a uh, pretty talented football player out there, and I thought he made a fantastic play there. 
the other corner that I really want to single out is Jeremiah Irby, the freshman. Had five interceptions during camp and came out in this game uh, and made a phenomenally athletic play where he was covering a seam route coming up from a bunch formation. He saw the quarterback throw to a wheel route behind him. He spun, located the receiver, flew to get in a position, located the ball. I will break that one down here for you in a second. Um, but so I want to point him out. I'll talk more about Irby with coach coming up here. But a lot of good young talent on this team, a lot of guys stepping up that we need to step up. And so promising, day one, game one, UC Davis. So that's my breakdown. But I'm not in on every huddle call. I'm not in on every coaching decision. I'm not in on all the play calls on offense either. So to break it down even further and probably better, here's coach. Joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And in the follow-up to the UC Davis game, coach, just give me your general impression of your team. We talked about seeing them under live bullets. Live bullets were flying on Saturday. What would you think? Well, um, really like how the guys kind of hung in there after a poor start. I mean, uh, the game probably couldn't have started too much worse. You know, we uh, really didn't get any rhythm. We had a couple sacks and then an interception the first seven plays on offense and then gave up a couple third downs and a, I think a fourth down there. To, and they got a score, which is a credit to them. And then we settled down after that and kind of got into a much better rhythm. Um, you know, a lot of new faces playing significant snaps, but uh, we expect those guys to play well. And uh, there were moments, some good individual efforts and some good unit efforts, but overall, there's just a lot of improvement to be made. Yeah, later on in the game, we'll talk about the quarterback first since, you know, that's my side of the ball. And later on in the game, Jack Plummer, to me, settled in and I said, okay, that's your dude. But early on, he looked like, he wasn't quite there, right? So it's early rust, you know, getting back into the feel of things, maybe some anxiety, a little bit of nerves, uh, as any first game can do to you. But that early pressure off the edge, to me on film, that looked like that was on him. And as a quarterback, you know, you tunnel vision. Talk to me about that play and talk to me about his performance in that first quarter. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a combination. Um, in the the, or the first couple series, you know, he probably could have done a better job on the first one stepping up into the pocket. Um, and the second one is a progression deal. And then the uh, interception is, you know, a combination, it, you know, maybe not his best ball. He's thrown that, you know, that out in his sleep, it seems like, and completed it all camp. And it was a little behind, uh, I think it was Jeremiah. And then the ball got tipped up. Jeremiah probably catches it most of the time, you know, and it happened. And so, uh, after that seemed to really settle down. I, I like Jack's, uh, uh, demeanor on the sideline. He is a, steady character um you know he wasn't flustered he wasn't you know uh kicking the bench he just stayed with it and uh, I think the offense responded to that as well yeah it struck me I saw him kind of grow a lot at that position or at least get comfortable in that position in the game later on in the game there was some edge pressure he steps up you have a uh, ends up being a climb route by a tight end shallow turns into a climb route and a flat by a back to the outside and I watched him climb into the pocket find that flat defender who was two on one and look him onto the flat, no panic whatsoever, right? He just got forced in the pocket, zero panic. He looks him down onto the flat defender and then throws the climb route for a big gain yeah. down the sideline. To me right there, I went, okay, now you've got your dude. He's showing the composure, no stress, no anxiety, and he's operating at the position. Did that send a message to you at that point? Yeah, I think there was a, you know, 
that that play was uh, really well played by Jack. And it was Monroe, actually, who runs the shallow. And then he wheeled it up the sideline. And there was a flat defender, just like you said, that was getting high load. And he kind of stared at him and then ripped it to Monroe and put it right on him uh, for an explosive play. And that was a heck of a throw. Um, and uh, he had a couple really good ones throughout the day. I think if you ask Jack, he uh, didn't throw the ball uh, up to his standard, you know, even though he did have some really good ones. Um, and uh, I think just the, you know, the composure throughout the game and, and uh, you know, he's played before, but even there's, you know, stepping into the pocket, even getting out of trouble a couple of times, throwing the ball away, the scramble for a first down was a phenomenal play. So I think you saw some flashes there and I, I have uh, full confidence. Jack's just going to keep, keep getting better and better. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we didn't even see close to the ceiling in this game. Just having seen him in practice, knowing what he can do, kind of watching him operate, we saw some flashes, but I think the ceiling is way higher for Jack Plummer. I think he's going to be pretty good. And you guys show that you've really got some offensive weapons out there across the board at receiver, but also Jay Nott is that young running back. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Jay Mike had a couple of plays that you could see what he could do. Jeremiah with a really acrobatic catch uh, on the sideline. Maven, uh, we were trying to get the ball to a little bit more. Even Monroe made a nice play. Kalecki made a good one. And then Jaden. Uh, Jaden has, a, you know, uh, some really explosive skills. And so we wanted to get him going. And, you know, Damien's a very good back as well. And DeCarlos did some good things. It just kind of was going with the hot hand there. Jaden started helping us move the chains. And you could see um, that he can be a, a, out in space, uh, can be a tough guy to tackle. And uh, it was great to get him going because we've seen that in camp. And it's a good problem to have, but eventually does it become a problem of not having enough footballs for all the guys that you have tools for? I know you're building a team that's about team and accountability and unselfishness and all of that, but let's be honest, skill guys want to get fed. And so does it become an issue that you don't have enough footballs for, for these well, guys? Well, I know. I think we just got to get them the ball, you know, and all those guys <clears throat> can, can make plays and, uh, we got to do a good job uh, as a coaching staff of creating opportunities for all of them. And, uh, you know, if you're going to play anywhere from 75 to 85 snaps a game, then there's still, that's a lot of snaps. So uh, we can feature different guys. And also, you know, the defense, if the, if, uh, the defense is playing a certain way, then the, might, the game might lend itself towards, you know, certain positions, getting the ball a little bit more in order for us to win. But having those kind of tools makes it hard to double anybody. And so, you know, you pick one, you're just picking your poison, you know, try to make them, as you always said, play left-handed. Yeah. Uh, and you can attack them from any position, which I love. Let's flip sides to the defensive side of the ball. I, I, I thought a great first game in terms of takeaways. Uh, Craig Woodson got one, should have had two probably. Uh, talk about Craig Woodson and his play early on. Yeah, he was, he would tell you the same thing. He, he came over after the first one and he was kind of, you know, upset with himself and uh everybody over there his teammates and everybody just said hey you're going to get another chance so just stay with it and he did um and the second one was a, a really a nice play by Craig uh, they ran formation into the boundary and uh they threw a curl to the slot he just undercut it caught it and and scored uh there was a valuable lesson learned by the team uh after that score uh that we absolutely uh discussed in our team meeting yesterday but uh really happy for craig and i think he's got a very bright future and so that's one of those things when i look at it on film or when i watch you know when i, when I see it live i like to point out on the radio that has a lot to do with film study 
right? A guy understanding formations, sets, motions, all that stuff that leads them to a certain play, right? You sniff it out as a defensive player. And, and as a defensive player, you're already behind the eight ball because the offense knows what they're doing. But if you study and you understand what you're seeing in front of you, that gives you the advantage in terms of film study. Would you say it's a film study type of play? Uh, and talk about how Woodson does and how the defense does as a whole in terms of film study and understanding. Yeah, that's what a, a great point. And I think it's a combination. And uh, we did actually get three by one uh, FIB formation into the boundary reps and scout team last week and saw a very similar route versus a very similar coverage. He was the hook player. He was the hook player in both his interception opportunities. And, uh, you know, it's a combination of uh, understanding the route concept and then also getting your visual clue on the quarterback. And both times he played it really well uh, in terms of his relationship to, in his drop and then also is triggering off the quarterback. And so the second one, he picked it clean and, like I said, took it to the house. And uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that it doesn't just happen. You know, it's not like you just go out there and hope a play like that comes to you. I mean, it's preparation, it's scout team, it's film study, it's all that. It's playing with great technique, getting your visual cue on the quarterback and making a play. And speaking of visual cues on a quarterback and making a play, how about Jeremiah Irby? I mean, that, that his play, as I watch film, I believe he ended up in man coverage against bunch formation into the boundary. So he's trying to run through with a vertical and quarterback is throwing the rim behind him or the wheel behind him. Uh, and he comes off his route and comes back and makes that play. I mean, it was athletically, it was a fantastic play. Yeah, we were actually in three deep and they ran a concept a little bit similar to one Monroe caught for us where it's a delayed under and then uh, wheel it up the sideline and they high low the flat defender. We didn't match it up quite right. And he, and he is a, a third defender. So he does have visual cue on the quarterback. He squeezed it. Uh, he squeezed the number one pretty tight, but when he saw the ball let go, he, uh, he whipped his eyes around. He, it was a speed turn, you know, and he whipped his eyes around, went right to the man on the sideline and just glanced up at the last second. But for him to do that, to whip that quick, to track the man and then the last second make the play on the ball and get his foot in was a very, very impressive play, no doubt. And I, and I think that's the part at, that people at home don't see and recognize. He turned and found the man. So instead, instead of trying to run to a spot and guessing where the ball was going to be, he found the man, accelerated, and then got his head back to the ball, which was yeah. unbelievably athletic. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was, a, it was you, a fantastic play. There's no doubt, Mike. That, yeah. That's maybe one of the most impressive plays in the game. Yeah, and it, unless you have tried something like that as an athlete, you have no concept of how athletic yeah, that was. Then to have the ball skills, like to snatch that thing out of the air, just yeah, to make the play would be great. But the pick was phenomenal. So, yeah. uh, you know, hats off to him. So now let's talk about kind of the most important part of the game at any game. And let's talk about the line on both sides of the ball. Defensively, what do you think of your, your defensive line? I thought the defensive line at times showed, you know, their ability to – to win the one-on-one -on -one blocks, get off and make a play. I mean, I thought there was times when we really set the point and were hard to block. Uh, I thought the guys, there was a couple really nice plays. They ran a shovel pass and uh, Ricky Correa, uh, you know, came off a one-on-one -on -one and made a play down the line on a shovel, which was really uh, impressive. Um, however, I don't think the consistency was there. So being able to do that down in and down out, we had too many runs, uh, where we fit it, you know, the X's were in the right place. If we do it on the grease board, however, the run bled for four yards, you know, we meet, we need more negative, you know, one or two or a negative play in there. Uh, 
so that they don't get those third and three, third and twos, and those turn into third and five and sixes. And so uh, I think it was uh, a solid outing. I think they can certainly play better. Uh, and then the offensive side of the ball. Well, let's stay on defense for just a second. We talked about it after the game. Gap integrity, run fits are everything. Mm-hmm. At one point, they swap a tight end, and you guys lose gap integrity on the backside. They double the tackle out of the hole, mm-hmm. and you end up with the corner really trying to play the C-gap, who's going up against a guard, and that is not a good match for you guys. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk about what happened there. Uh, was it miscommunication? Did the linebacker come underneath? Because somebody was supposed to be responsible for that gap who weighed more than 155 pounds. Yeah, there was uh, two things that happened on the long touchdown run. We had a uh, uh, misfit at the second level, and then the uh, front. We had an interior lineman that got cut out. Uh, he played it very. It was he played it poorly, and so the combination when two things back, uh, two things, one at the first level, one at the second level. Uh, you have two mistakes right in a row and then we couldn't get them on the ground. That was it. And so really the worst play of the day on defense um, by a ways and uh, something that we'll obviously have to clean up because we'll see that same scheme from other people. Oh, without a doubt. And something like that just shows up because all of a sudden you've got a corner trying to play a run fit and it, you know, it's pretty tough when he's taking on a 300 plus pounder from the offensive line. Talk to me about the offensive line. We, we saw, kind of an inability to run the ball effectively early on, especially. Um, and then uh, I thought there were some edge pressures there. Uh, tell me, you know, give me your evaluation of the big boys up front on offense. I think we could be a lot better. I think our pad level was just okay. Um, I thought there were some good individual efforts, but as a group, I think we, uh, they would tell you that they would expect to play much better. Yeah, my, my concern is always, you know, UC Davis is going to be good in the big sky this year, but they're not Notre Dame, right? And that game's coming up. And so you have to be able to match up with some of the big nasties, uh, those Midwest guys that are big beef and cheese eaters, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're going to need to make a big jump from week one to week two and uh, and week two to week three and throughout the rest of the season. Um, you know, the, uh, the effort was there. However, execution-wise, I think we can be much better, and they would tell you the same thing. Well, I've got some scuff marks on the jerseys, and so – you know, live bullets have flown. They've seen what you've got kind of in front of you. Other guys are going to filter in, I'm sure. Names we didn't mention. Isaiah Young looked good. Uh, Scott looked really good out there. I think think some guys showed up. We didn't get to. We'll get to them next time. Just give me a preview on UNLV real quick. Yeah, well, they scored 45 points in the first half of their first game. Uh, so they put up 45. They can obviously score the ball. Uh, big quarterback who can throw it and run it. Um, they got good skill position players defensively. It's going to look very familiar because it's, uh, you know, a lot of similarities to what we do. Their defensive coordinator was here last year, Keith Hayward and Mike Bruno, who coaches their linebackers. So uh, the, uh, you know, the quick twitch uh, will, you know, step up a notch and and uh, we're going to need to be better. Well, Coach, appreciate you coming on. We will let you get back to uh, the whiteboard and the film room and back to the practice field. Appreciate having you on. All right. Thanks, Mike. Go Bears. So you heard it from Coach. I think the coaching staff is about where I was in terms of we've seen some of the team. There's some great bright points to look at, and there are some spots where they clearly need to improve in the pit on the lines. One of those big spots. Some highlights, some lowlights, something for the Bears to build on as they head into UNLV this week. We will have a preview of that coming up day before the game for today and for Coach Wilcox. I appreciate you guys watching. For Bear Insider, I am Mike Pulaski. As always, go Bears. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.